Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC sports. Let's go. Wednesday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast brought to you by Traeger Grills. Mac, for most people, this is the week of July 4th. Happy July 4th. Happy America Independence Day week. However, for me, and therefore for you, Eric McLean, this week is my birthday week. So happy my birthday week to you. (laughs) That when you were telling me that, that, you know, America's birthday, relatively important. Your birthday, way more important. So congrats, America, on being born as the same couple of days as Kelly Gramlich. So yeah. it's no truly an honor for them. I mean, we're a little we're a little far apart in age. Um, just a little bit, but you know. Um, so what what are the what are the birthday slash not as important Fourth of July plans? <laughs> well, great, great way of putting that, Mac. So this weekend is gonna be kind of chill because the weekend after that is our wedding. That's right. Come on. So we're gonna lay low a little bit. Um, but also it's my birthday. So we're going out to eat, getting some some drinks, we're gonna have a good time. And of course, one of my very best friends decided now this was not her choice, but decided to have a child on my birthday last year. So his birthday is the same as mine. So we'll be popping by his birthday party on the way out. So it's really Come fun. On. We're birthday buds. Will there be any honorary um, fireworks to celebrate your birthday anytime during the weekend? Well, I get fireworks every every um, every time around my birthday. Like every birthday weekend, I get fireworks. And I get an extra day off. So July 2nd is a very good birthday to no have. Question. I'm not complaining there, at all. There's no what question. What are you doing for America's birthday so and mine? I, I have a, uh, that's right, mostly yours. But um, I actually have a bachelor party this weekend for my great friend, Isaac Smith. So he is... Getting married, sadly, the same day Guys, as you it's are. So I don't know how I let that happen. Like, you know, two great friends, oh. how I let them organize things on the same day. I'm not sure. I blame COVID. Oh, it's yeah, all, definitely. It's fault. Uh, but then I will be booking it down to Charleston, South Carolina, getting on the boat and just seeing the world's most beautiful mm. fireworks show. It, it is a sight to see. Uh, you basically just, you know, anchor out in the ocean and uh, look up and you'll see fireworks at every angle. So, It'll be fun. A lot of driving, but super excited. I tell you what will get me through that drive. It's about a four-hour drive. Is listening to this episode over and over again because our Traeger Grills guest of the week, Marty freaking Smith, he brings it. And and I tell you what, guys, it was so much fun. He's so much fun. Just listening to his story, how he got there. Like We know a bunch of these people, right? We're super close with a lot of these people that we have interviewed but you just don't know every detail because you don't have the time in the day to just go through these things. So having them on the podcast and listening to Marty's story was unbelievable. And just to tell you guys about him, Marty is one of ESPN's most popular and recognized on-air personalities. He has worked the prestigious of prestigious events from the Masters, all three Triple Crown races, the Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont, the PGA Championship, and any college football in between. He, he's literally done it all. We all want to grow up to be Marty Smith one day, oh, Kelly Graham. There's no question about that, Mac. The Virginia native also hosts the Marty Smith's America podcast, co-hosts Marty and McGee on SEC Network and ESPN Radio with our guy Ryan McGee, who was on last week, all while contributing to College Game Day, Sports Center, SEC Nation, and many more shows. Guys, and it didn't just start this way. Prior to all this, Marty started with ESPN way back in 2006 and was the lead reporter for NASCAR on SportsCenter and NASCAR Now. That story, that journey is nuts. Wait till you guys hear it. So if you're keeping up with our last couple of guys, if you start in NASCAR, eventually you'll end up with your own show, your name and the title and everything. So anyway, let's get to it. This episode was so fun with our great friend, Marty Smith. This week's guest is brought to you by Traeger Grills. Welcome to the Traegerhood. Marty Smith, my man, welcome to the podcast. Man, it's so great to have you. How are you doing this morning? I am absolutely fabulous, and I appreciate you guys having me. Sorry, I'm a little bit tardy. I uh, I had I double booked. I'm sorry, I double booked <laughs> you guys. So thank you for uh, pushing me an hour. I appreciate it. I know you guys are busy as well, and I know that y'all had my far better half McGee last week. So uh, I'm glad that at least I could maybe bat clean up for him. 
That, that's right. We'll, we'll talk about McGee a little bit. And, and you talk about just how busy you are, double booking. I've got to ask you, I mean, have you been able to relax at all? Because this past month, I mean, you were everywhere. You were at the Masters. You were covering the NFL draft at Trevor's house, Kentucky Derby, uh, signing an extension all the while, doing all this stuff. Uh, the Preakness PGA Championship, Marty and McGee from Disney. I'm sure I missed something somewhere, but the Marty party, man, it keeps going. It doesn't stop. Well, yes, you're right. And man, what a blessing. But yes, I uh, I am taking a little time now before the three of us get back to football. And so I am trying to kind of recharge a little bit and, and be husband and dad right now because since last August, actually, so back up to COVID when everything got shut down, I was actually the first reporter back in the field because of NASCAR. NASCAR came back in mid-May of 2020 and I started driving the races and, and covering races. And then we all went right into football and I did sidelines in 2020. So I was at stadiums every week. That was super weird to be in empty stadiums. The one that, that really stands out the most to me was, sorry, sorry, Mac, I'm getting ready to say the, uh, uh, a bad word for you. Uh, it was South Carolina in the swamp at Florida. And, uh, it was so weird to hear Dan Mullen and Will Muschamp yelling at people and hear all of the cadences, and we didn't have to – No, there were no quarterback claps necessary. And so uh, I went through the whole fall and all the way through the national championship there, and then we went right into basketball. And the one thing you did leave out was the SEC basketball tournament, which I did in Nashville for six days there in uh, mid-March. But – it has been quite a run this spring, and I have enjoyed it so much, being able to cover so many diverse sports and and be immersed in all those uh, amazing opportunities. It's just been so fun, and you get to meet so many people in our job. I mean, that's the best part of it. Marty, I'm curious because, you, like you said, you covered NASCAR and then everything really up until now, and I know the NC State stuff um, has kind of put a damper on the season in terms of COVID, but... Overall, from what you expected, I don't think any of us really knew what to expect. I would have to imagine it went better than you thought it would, right? No question. No, no, no question whatsoever, Kelly, because, I mean, there was a time there when we all didn't think we'd have a football season. And I felt like we would probably start it. I didn't know if we would finish it. And I, I really believe Greg Sankey, the Southeastern Conference Commissioner, was integral in – having a football season, I think he saved the season. I think his measured, patient approach to starting the SEC slate was very important because we all saw what happened with the Big Ten and whatnot. And and I feel like the ACC and the Big 12 and all those guys were really waiting to see what Sankey did. And then when he made the decision, I think the date was September 26th. Forgive me if that's wrong. I think it's correct to start their season. And from there, I mean, it was it went really well. Of course, we had hiccups. That was to be expected. But for to, to, to have a full season and to crown a champion that was a worthy champion, Alabama was the best team, and there's no debating that. And, and to do it that well and that successfully, I felt like was a remarkable accomplishment. And – with so many unknowns and so much uncertainty, I know you guys went through this too. I mean, I can remember when we first started the season, we would go on the road on Thursday mornings. We would COVID test, and then we would stay in the hotel room until we went to the stadium to kick the football game off. And what those players managed, the discipline and the diligence and the persistence that they showed to have multiple tests every single week and be be that committed to excellence is to be commended. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it went off better than I personally expected, Kelly. What, what was the toughest thing, Marty, for you personally? I, I know we all have you know, our opinions on, on what was hard, what was difficult about this football season. But to you, when you think back, I mean, what, what is number one where you're just like, man, I'm so glad this is all over. I don't have to deal with this example anymore. Testing? Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it and I'm going to tell you, I'm, but, but, but I'm going to tell you, the actual, the physical exercise of being tested was not, I got so used to it because I was doing, I mean, you guys work for ESPN, you know, 
we would do them at home just to travel. And then once we got to site, we would do them. So, and that's still the case. I mean, we just did it at the PGA Championship. That's still the case. But the baseline anxiety that comes with, is it my turn, is very real. And I remember, I, like, I remember, I, so, so in October, I was supposed to have covered Virginia Tech at North Carolina, which I was looking so forward to that game because I grew up 20 miles west of Blacksburg, grew up going to Virginia Tech games with my daddy as a kid, lifelong Hokie fan, whole thing. And Mac Brown's like my dad. He's like everybody's dad. But I'm really close with Mac. And so to get the opportunity to cover that game and Mac's talking trash to me on text all week leading up to the game, and then I get popped. And ultimately, it was a false. I didn't have COVID at that time, but I, I tested positive, and so I had to sit. Well, ultimately, I did te- I did get COVID at Thanksgiving. And so you just always wonder when it's going to be you and if it's going to be you. And there is very real like that, I mean, it does. It just kind of hangs over you, and there's this unbelievable relief even now. Even being vaccinated and having had COVID, I still kind of have that when I take a test. So that would be it, Eric. I, I 100% agree with you because I, I just always, anytime you know, I got asked to do a game in the field, which was about four or five times this year, it was just like, oh, my gosh, like, is this going to come back? positive and I'm not going to be able to do it. So that anxiety piece, I'm right there with you. I'm so excited for that. Hopefully as we move on and we're all vaccinated, things of that nature, we don't have to worry about, you know, those type of things. Amen. Mac, you're the, you're really not, um, you don't really belong in this conversation because Marty and I both had COVID and you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Speaking of the summertime, Marty, we know you're enjoying some time off. You let the people know on Twitter recently that you got absolutely destroyed by two elderly people in pickleball. Would you like to discuss this? <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> Nancy was a smiling assassin. And Bob, who is, I mean, Bob's probably 75 plus, <laughs> but was like a ninja <laughs> with that pickleball paddle. Um, that I'm I'm so captivated by playing this game. It's really popular here, and it's popular in a lot of places now. In Charlotte, where I live full-time, it's very popular. But it doesn't matter your age. It matters your skill set and your, uh, your precision and repetition. I always say that life is context and repetition, and that's absolutely the case in pickleball. But, Kelly, to your point, Bob and Nancy, my brother-in-law's uh, 40, I think, 41. I am just turned 45. They absolutely mopped the floor with us and laughed at us the whole time. Bob was talking trash. I hit the ball into the – I went for this kill one time and hit it straight in the net. He goes, Marty, there's a new rule you need to be aware of. Hit it over the net. <gasps> like he's – Oh, He's shoot. that guy. And so, so it, Bob liked to run his lip a little bit. All right, will you have the opportunity to go against Bob and Nancy again, or is it like that that was your shot? And oh, you just, yeah. Oh, good. We will absolutely go against them again. <laughs> Excellent. And, Eric, let me tell you, I fully anticipate the same thing. Oh, no. <laughs> Mark, you got to believe. you got to believe, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, let's back things up a little bit. We, we had your partner in crime. You mentioned, alluded to it a little bit, Marty, or um, Ryan McGee on last week. And we heard his side of the origin story of getting you on TV. And he basically said, Hey, anybody out there that doesn't like Marty, it's all my fault. Cause I was the first guy to get him on television. <laughs> is that how you remember it? Or is he, is he, you know, a little older? He's forgetting how it went down. Uh, he is. Uh, he, he needs to make sure he takes his Jaritar. Uh, <laughs> but so, so he definitely played a part in it. When I first started my kind of professional life. So I, I, television was never part of the plan. I studied print journalism at Radford University. I got out for 11 months. I worked at the Lynchburg News in advance in Central Virginia. And my beats were Liberty University Athletics and NASCAR Racing. So I wanted to get out of there as fast as I could. I had these massive, fantastic dreams for my career. I just believe I believed so strongly that I didn't know what it was, but I was going to go do something bigger than that town. And long story short, I get hired by NASCAR. I moved to Charlotte 
and I worked for NASCAR for 18 months. We then got bought by Turner Sports in Atlanta. And I wrote for that iteration of NASCAR.com for several years. During that time, I started to get these TV appearances. Like, I would be the guy that at the racetrack, they would ask three questions off the shoulder. Hey, man, what do you think about what's going on in this instance? What do you think about how well Jeff Gordon's racing right now? All those things. McGee was one of the people that put me on TV that way. Now, shortly after that, in the fall or spring of 2006, I got a call out of nowhere from ESPN, a guy named Jack Obringer who is still one of my greatest mentors to this moment. And he said, we're coming back into the NASCAR business and everybody we talk to says your name. Well, I said, hey, bro, I really appreciate this call. You got the wrong Marty. There's a guy named Marty Snyder who works for NBC Sports, who's a brilliant broadcaster and a great man. And I have his number and you you meant to call him. And so Obringer's laughing his ass off. He's like, no, it's you. He goes, just this. I said, is this a job offer? And he goes, no, it's not yet. He goes, it's something I want you to consider. So I come home and tell Laney. I said, hey, I think I just got a job offer from ESPN. So when I formally got the offer later that year, I I mean, I'm one of these guys, I would rather crash and burn and fail knowing I can't than wonder when I'm 80 years old sitting on the back porch with a cold one if I could have. So I jumped in with both feet. And from there, I have just been – afforded opportunity and belief from people that I will never be able to repay. And anytime someone puts that level of belief in me and that kind of opportunity before me, uh, I'm going to try to kick the door in. And I've tried to do that my entire tenure. I can't believe it, man. Let's see. That is 15, six. That's a lot. It's early. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. That's wow. Like 12, 11, 12 wow. years, 15 years ago. It's like 15 years ago. God, I'm getting old. Marty, it's funny. Okay, you bring up NASCAR, and, and we know that's a huge part of your story. And I remember vividly growing up watching SportsCenter, you were the NASCAR guy. Growing up. Thanks, Kelly. For better or worse. That's what, that's what I remember you as. The truth hurts, right? <laughs> that's what you were. But then you started breaking in and doing other things. So how did that come about? Because you said you grew up a big Hokie fan. Obviously, you're a fan of all sports. How did you kind of break out of the NASCAR mold? Because that's what people like me had pigeonholed you in. For sure. And so it's a very unique story, to be honest. Sports-centric reporters don't just up and change sports. You know, it's, it's I always liken it to imagine seeing Buster Olney doing football. Or imagine, and even more than that, imagine somebody like Barry Melrose, even though Barry is a, an analyst and not a reporter, imagine him doing baseball or football. It'd be super weird because NASCAR is such a niche sport, and it's just there's so much nuance to it and whatnot. And, and so, and it's regional in a lot of ways. So, here's how that went down. So, I didn't NASCAR until the end of the 2014 season. ESPN had the broadcast rights to broadcast the sport, the actual races from 7 to 14. At the end of that, I could have gone to another network and stayed in the garage. Or I could stay at ESPN and see what happens. I had been in the sport since 1998, full-time at that time. And so, before you two were born. And so... <laughs> Hold up. No, no, no. And, Early and so 90s. I'm not quite. We're not that young. <laughs> I made the decision, you know, I I talked through it with Laney. I talked through it with my agent and I made the decision. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to stay at ESPN and I'm going to see what happens. I don't care if they send me to the national cornhole championships or the chainsaw race out in Wyoming. (laughs) I just want to, and, and I just thought, I just want to see what else I can do. And I still can't believe this. I get home from the last race of the 2014 NASCAR season, and I'd been gone a lot. I'd been gone a hundred of 130 or 40 days at that time because we had the last 20 races of the NASCAR season. I did them all. And Laney was on an island as a single mom at that time. We had eight, five, and two at home at the time. 
and she's an angel and I don't know why she put up with it, but as you could imagine, she was cooked. She was just completely smoked. And so I come home and I'm ready to be dad and I'm don't worry, I'm going to be here for the next six weeks. My new contract wasn't supposed to start till January 1st. Well, I get a call or excuse, pardon me. I sit down on the couch and I open up my email and there's an email there from Lee Fitting. Both of you know who he is. He, at the time, was the executive producer of College Game Day. He's now the tip of the spear in football at ESPN. He oversees Monday Night Football. He oversees Game Day. He oversees all the all of it, He the whole thing. And so Lee said, hey, we love your passion. Your passion belongs in college football. I want you to start studying because I'm going to make you one of the four reporters that I embed with one of the four programs that qualify for the inaugural college football playoff. Y'all, that damn email must may as well have been written in Swahili. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was reading. Because again, it just doesn't happen. And not only doesn't it happen just from the, the massive jump standpoint from sport to sport, it's also one of the most important platforms the company has. So I couldn't believe it. And I, I followed that email's direction. I talked to Laney about it and she will tell you to this day, she had no say in the matter. And she was right because I knew that if I followed the direction of that email, it was a treasure map. If I was willing to go where it told me to go and dig deep enough, I was going to find riches beyond my wildest dreams. And I ain't talking about money. I'm talking about life experience. No doubt. And she was selfless enough, much to her chagrin. It wasn't easy. It was not easy. There was a lot of nights with a lot of tears. But ultimately, that's what happened. I was embedded with the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2014 with Urban Meyer and Ezekiel Elliott and Joey Bosa and Michael Thomas and Darren Lee and Raekwon McMillan, and they had pro dudes all over the place. And they wrote a movie with Cardale Jones as a third-string quarterback that beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. They hung 59 on Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. They beat Alabama that year, and then they boat raced Oregon and won a national title. And I was there every single day with him. And it was unbelievable. I mean, it's still, I, I still can't believe that that happened. And from there, it's just been a beautiful journey. And uh, I, the next season, spent a whole lot of time with Eric McLean. Come on. And Deshaun Watson and the Clemson Tigers. And I did the same thing in 16, and it's been that way since. And and I don't know why. I, I I wish I ask every day when I bow my head, like what like what is the purpose here? Because those of us who are offered opportunity and and a platform of this magnitude, it's incumbent upon us to be a light in the world. And I'll tell you a quick story. Anybody who's read my book already knows this story, but it's a very impactful one. As that diversity in my career continued, ahead of the Masters in 2018, I sat down with Tony Finau, who is a phenomenal man. He's obviously a great world-class golfer. His peers will tell you he's one of the best in the world, even though he's still trying to get that elusive second PGA Tour victory. And as I'm talking to Tony, I asked him about wearing green on Sundays. It's a tribute to his mom, whom he lost tragically in a car accident. And in the same 24-hour window that he lost his mother in that car accident, he became a dad for the first time. So in this one day, he had this immeasurable circle of life perspective. And he said, immediately, I knew my purpose. And I said, what's your purpose? He said, it's to be a light in the world. It's to have so much joy coming out of me every single day that every single person who comes into my path can't help but feel it. And I stopped the interview and I said, dude, I've asked Lord every single day, what do you want from me? What is the greater purpose? Why did you give me this life? 
and somebody finally answered it. And that's how I live. That's what I believe I'm supposed to do here. And because going all the way back to that opportunity aspect of this path, because so many people have given me this much opportunity, I then thereby have the opportunity to try to be that light for other people. And that's how I roll, man. Pass the plate, Eric McLean. Whew, I'm getting goosebumps over here. Marty, Marty is, is absolutely preaching. And, you know, it's ironic enough, Marty, when, when you got that contract extension, that's what I texted you is congrats. You know, thank you so much. Thank you for being a light in this industry. And I did not wow. know that story. And, and so it, I think it's just those little sprinkles along the way that God just drops for us, man. And, and to hear that is, is powerful. And, and that's, that, that's your answer. I could have told you that in 15, man, uh, when I first met you is, is just how positive you are, how much passion you have. It's fun to watch. It's contagious. And even though I listed out, you know, 20 things that you had to do, and I'm sure you were tired and I'm sure you wanted to see your family, but you understand that this opportunity that we have all been given to cover sports professionally and to get paid to talk about sports is such a unique blessing that it doesn't matter. I mean, we, we do it to the best of our ability. That's so cool to hear that. Uh, thank you for, for sharing that little story. But you were a big part of it. I mean, when I, when I was at Clemson so much, I mean, there's a lot of times. So our business has evolved quite a bit in that era, in that in that sort of generation of Sports Center. Uh, we were doing so much live so often that we would go to these programs. We would go to Clemson a lot. We would go to Georgia and Alabama, et cetera. And we would do, I mean, eight, 10 live shots a day. And when I was at, Clemson University, and I needed somebody to go on TV with me, I had a guy that I could ask. And not only not only was Eric available to me and present for me, he always gave such tremendous insight into what was going on at that moment and, and what maybe the mindset was for the team going into playing Florida State for an ACC championship or what makes Deshaun Watson a transcendent player in the huddle. All that stuff that the cra- that the viewership yearns to learn, you, you are, were always there to help me. And I'll never forget that. I'm forever grateful to you for that, brother. Today, both working for the same company. So it worked out. <laughs> no doubt. McGee says he, he made my TV career. I'm taking credit for Eric McLean's TV career. That's oh, right. man. <laughs> That's right. That's you can awesome. Do it. You can do it. <laughs> Mac did, you know, he became Mr. Clemson and all that because he was just, he always gave great answers, but he was always available. And Marty, just going off of that, because we're both Clemson people, I'm just curious your thoughts as a kid growing up in, in the South, Southeast, you understood where Clemson used to be. Um, in the 80s, and then kind of the 20-year span of nothing, and then Eric McLean showed up, and championships happened. But what happened? What, <laughs> what when so, when you when you think about the rise of Clemson as someone who knows where Clemson was, like how would you describe that? So forever, forever, I I saw Clemson and Virginia Tech so similarly, yeah, because the the the, the cu- culture of the towns had similarities. The university is the main uh, uh, employer. It's the pro team. It's all of those things, right? And and then Dabo Sweeney showed up. And and there, when when Dabo showed up at Clemson, you two know certainly better than anybody. There was like, I mean, you know, there was this these facial expressions, like like really. They're gonna they're gonna take this wide receiver coach who ten minutes ago was selling commercial real estate. They think that this guy can can build and lead a culture of a national championship caliber, an ACC championship caliber, and he has this will about him, and this authenticity about him, and this love him first approach about him. That is, it's undeniable, it's infectious, and it's generational. And what really, like, I I was taken aback when I walked through the coaching office area the first time, 
And I go by Jeff Scott's office, and Jeff Scott's family's above the door. And I go by Tony Elliott's office, and the family's above the door. And I go by BV's office, right, all the way down. And that's like this requirement that you remember who you're doing it for when you walk into work every day. And I just was, and, and then I saw the way that he operates and the energy that comes out of him. And then all of a sudden these players start showing up. I think, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, I think when C.J. Spiller said yes, I think it changed everything. A lot of people look at, at D.W., and certainly generational player and, and, and Heisman caliber player and all of those things. But I think when C.J. being a five-star guy out of Florida said, I want to go play for that dude, everything changed. And Taj and, and that, then, then, you know, you get into the Martavis Bryants and the New Hopkins and, and Sammy Watkins. And, good God, what an embarrassment of riches, by the way. And, and you start – uh, winning bowl games and making statements and blowing out national brands is the, is the right word, I guess, the Ohio State games and whatnot. So that's when it all shifted, Kelly. And from there, you know, you get you, you get a situation. Like, I, I, I want to back up a minute. I love that, that uh, Terry Don believed in him. Back, back to belief. <laughs> He got his ass kicked by South Carolina. But he goes into – I know you guys have heard this story. He, I know Eric's probably heard this story a trillion times in some come-to-Jesus team meeting or whatever, but they get blown out in Death Valley by South Carolina. And Kathy is waiting at his office, in the old office, like underneath the stadium. And she's crying. And she's like, Terry Don's in the office, and they hug and they embrace because it's over. I think this was 2010 maybe, Eric, I want to say. And and he goes in there, and he knows he's getting fired. And Terry Don's sitting on the couch, and he's like, sit down, boy. And so Dabo sits down on the couch, and he knows he's about to get fired. And the first thing out of – that's the AD, by the way, those of you listening who may not know he was the AD at the time. I've never been more sure that you were the guy to lead this program than I am right now. And can you imagine the infusion of self-confidence that that was? And ever since then, it's been a different story at that program. I think that was the 2010 Palmetto Bowl, I think. And what was the year that changed everything at Clemson University, 2011? That's when it started. And I'll tell you the interesting thing, Marty, about – you know, the, the biggest question that I get asked, and this isn't the Dabo Sweeney podcast for all y'all listening. If you hate him, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about it a little more. Um, is, is he real? Is that how he is on TV? And I think the two people that know the most, obviously staff, I'm, I'm not excluding them, but players and reporters off camera. We spend the most time with these guys when they can be real, when they can be honest. And that's just who he is. There's no change in it. He's still that poor kid from Pelham, Alabama. And he's always going to have that mindset. He's making $10 million a year, and he still wears a Walmart watch on his wrist. I mean, that's just who he is. And he's just that type of guy, and I'm sure your experience is the exact same way with him. All right, I'll tell you a story. Um, Here's the – the, first of all, yes, it's real. All of it's real. Every bit of it's real. And I get asked the same question all the time, Eric. Two summers ago, might be three now, I think it was two, I got on social media. And I don't do a whole lot of Facebook, but I got on Facebook and the I think this is a God thing. I get on Facebook and the first thing I see is a plea. It was a plea from my friend from college, Chris Skinner, who 20 years ago was paralyzed going to a wedding reception from a wedding for one of his fraternity brothers at Radford University. He needed a new wheelchair. All right. He has this wheelchair that, that oh, he was paralyzed from the neck down. During that accident. So he has a wheelchair and he can get around in it. It's a nice wheelchair, but he can't go on the beach with it. He lives in Myrtle Beach, he and his family. And so he felt like a, a father who couldn't be fully immersed in his kids' experience. He felt like a disconnected father because he had to watch his kids and wife play on the beach from the pier. 
So he goes, guys, I need this wheelchair. It's called a track fab. It has tank tracks where you can go off road. So I walk in the other room. I don't know what it was. I just felt like I was told you got to do this. I walk in the other room. I say to Laney, hey, hear me out. This is going to be weird. We're going to buy a wheelchair. Costs a lot of money. It's like buying a car, but we're going to do it. And she was like, what? I said, it's for Chris Skinner. She goes, okay, do it. So we begin the process immediately of expediting him getting this wheelchair because they're custom. You don't just go buy it. It has to be made for you. So these guys go to work making it up in Ohio. Well, Laney had the idea, why don't we do some kind of experience or some kind of fundraiser to help offset the cost of this thing? So we do. I do this fundraiser. I did a week-long eBay auction to go with Laney and me to see Luke Bryan and Cole Swindell in concert in Charlotte. Uh, I'm not trying to be Captain Name Drop, cool guy here, but Luke and Cole are friends. So I called both of them and I asked them, hey, I need you. I don't need your money. I don't want your money. I need your time. They both graciously gave us time for the winners of that auction to go to this concert, spend time with them, take pictures, the whole thing. The guy who wins the auction is a gentleman named Judd Hurt. Judd is in Ipte. I did not know this. Judd shows up because he loves Clemson football so much that he just wanted to go to the concert with him. He just wanted to hang out. I don't know this until we're sitting in the parking lot drinking beers on my tailgate of my truck. So I text Dabo Sweeney, hey, I need you, man. Uh, I know you're busy, but I have a question. There is a guy here who helped me purchase this wheelchair for my buddy who is paralyzed, who desperately needed this wheelchair, and he loves Clemson football. Season ticket holders, it pay the whole thing. My FaceTime blows up. I hand the phone to this dude. Dabo spends 15 minutes talking to this guy. Hey, man, what's up? You know, like, hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. You helped out, Marty. I thought Dabo just entered the chat right there. That sounded just like him. (laughs) I have a photograph I will text you to of Judd on FaceTime with Dabo, and it looks like that man just won the Super Bowl. Or, I mean, like, that's – there you go. You want to know who the guy is? There you go. I mean, he could have went, cool. He could have went, that's neat. He could have ignored my text altogether. That's not what happened. That tells you who the dude is. No doubt. That's awesome. 100%. That's awesome. Marty, I could listen to you tell stories for, um, I don't know, years. Um, Okay. (laughs) And that's what we've all been doing with you on ESPN. We had this question written down. I want to ask you this because a lot of we try to ask a lot of our, our people who are in the business this question. Um, if someone comes up to you, which I'm sure so many people have, and they've said, Marty, I want to get into sports media. I want to be a reporter, whatever. What is your advice? What do you say to them? Okay, this is all right. So so we are grains of sand. All of us on this chat right now are grains of sand because the dream in sports media is to get to ESPN. And I can't give you a definitive course. I can't do that because I don't think one exists. Both of you guys were athletes, so you had that kind of path. I was a guy who was a writer who covered NASCAR racing, which I still love, by the way. I still have tremendous passion for it. I still get to cover a couple of races a year. Who then got this unbelievable opportunity to go to college athletics. College football led to college basketball. Then I'm doing horse racing. Then I'm doing the masters. And like, it's just, it's a one in a trillion. I didn't control a lot of those opportunities, but what I control every day are kindness, effort, and passion. If I am kind to other people and I give every last ounce of everything I got to whatever the challenge or the assignment is, and I do it with an undeniable positive energy. I cannot lose. That is my fundamental advice. And that's not just professionally, that's life. We can change the world. Like, think about this. I maintain that you don't have to be, you don't have to have a public avenue or vehicle to change the world. You don't have to have Bill Gates' money or Jeff Bezos' money to change the world. You can change the world by walking into Starbucks. If that you walk into Starbucks and you ask, but which by the way, that's Starbucks on Tiger Avenue or whatever, 
I need stock in it. <laughs> anyway, you can walk in there and that barista might be having a tough morning. If you ask that person how their day's going and they're not having a great day, they might say, eh, why? You have a little conversation with that person. You might change that person's day. And then maybe the guy behind you in line's not having a good day, but you just changed that barista's day. And then that barista might change that customer's day. And then that guy may get in his car and leave, and he may let somebody into traffic who's having a bad day. Just those small acts of kindness are this chain. It's this chain of kindness. And it don't take much. It don't even take money. And people go, oh, God, that's so hokey. It may be hokey. It's the truth. And I don't always succeed. I'm not sitting here by any stretch of the imagination saying I do right all the time or do this well all the time. I get pissed off. I get annoyed. I get frustrated when my airplane's late. I get frustrated. Like, but I also know that that's, that's something that's out of my control. But what I can control is whatever my attitude is towards that. Coffee's ready. One thing about our uh, place up here at the beach, y'all, it ain't too big, so you hear it all. What have we heard? We've heard my coffee. We've heard some guy crank up like a NASCAR car outside. We've heard my dog get fired up. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Marty Party. That's right. <laughs> well, Marty, man, the, the Marty Party was fun. It was an experience. But we can't thank you enough for dropping some awesome bombs, some great stuff we're going to put on social media. But, man, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. The pleasure is so mine, and I appreciate you guys and your spirit and the passion with which you do what you do because, again, like Luke twelve forty eight says, to whom much is given, much is required. And we've all been given much. People believed in us. We've gotten opportunity. To Eric's point earlier, we get to cover sports. We get to talk about sports for a living. And sometimes people actually listen. <laughs> so uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, appreciate your spirit. Have an amazing day. Enjoy July 4th. It's the greatest holiday. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you. Eric McLean, that interview with Marty Smith was flat out incredible. The sports stories were awesome. I think the life stuff that he talked about with us and his journey and where he, you know, had to do the work to figure out his purpose and his calling. And then once he found that, it was just so obvious to him. And um, the kindness, effort, and passion, I wrote that down as he was speaking. I Like, what else would you need? What else do you need? Kindness, effort, and passion. That's all you need. I, I just thought he was great. Yeah, there's there's no question about it, Kelly. And I think when you were, if you're listening to everything that he said, there's two things that are very evident that, not that we didn't know, but it's just, you know, some people are different than others. He loves his wife very much. He brought her up so many times. She is an integral part of not only his life, but his professional life and, and everything that he has going on and his love for the Lord. And it was really cool to see that. It was very raw and uh, just super grateful for Marty for, you know, taking the time out. Cause as we listed off, that is a busy dude. This is probably one of the very small windows that he has vacation and he, uh, you know, sacrificed some of that time to be with us. So super grateful for him and, and what he's able to do for our company. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was at his, he even said that he was at his beach house, um, or summer his home, beach, summer home in New Jersey, where he's getting just pickleball, pickleball. <laughs> Daily, but there I, we need some like live video. There of this. aren't a lot of, <laughs> and I would call Marty a big star at ESPN. Um, there aren't a lot of. I mean, there, there probably are. I'm not trying to knock the big stars, but he he just acts like he's such a normal guy, and he's not. But he also is, and I think that's why he's so yeah. likable. I think so too. I think that's why he's gotten as big as yeah. he has. You know, he he's everybody else. He's, he's a normal American and having a normal American life and anybody can do it. And, and it was cool to, you know, just hear his advice, hear his, how it took hard work. It, you know, we talked about with him and I know we're talking about the super long guys and you just heard him say it, but, um, the fact that he said it took a lot of sleepless yeah. nights, a lot of tears to be able to cover all the things that he does. He, he wasn't just born into knowing everything about football, golf, horse racing, NAS. like it took unbelievable work. And, and again, Super grateful for him, thankful for him, and man, what a, what a great light in this business, in this realm. Uh, 
Marty Smith. So hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Before we get to this or that, Kelly, can I tell you about my great friends over at Traeger Grills? Y'all, I, I'm in a position right now that this is very sad, oh, no. depressing, prayers, please, constantly for the McLean family. We are in a situation, and it is a situation, where my Traeger is not allowed to be at the current apartment <gasps> that I live in. This is devastating. Oh, no. But the good news is it's right down the road at my parents' house. And so it, it almost makes it even more of a treat, even more of a exciting time when I get a drive to Sumter and use that thing because, guys, it is a beautiful machine. I reminded myself it's been probably two weeks since I cooked or grilled on it. And when I got to this past weekend, it's just like, hmm. Everything is right in the world. There could be explosions, things on fire, but if I'm cooking on my wood fire Traeger, I'm doing just fine. And, and the reason why, guys, it's the only grill that can smoke, barbecue, bake, and, of course, grill. I used to think that there were other grills, other apparatuses that you had to have, but Traeger does it all, and it does everything better. That's why Traeger is the official grill of Gramlick and McLean. And the fact is nothing beats the flavor of food cooked over pure wood fire. There are endless possibilities on the Traeger. It's so easy to use guys. I feel like a barbecue pro each and every time. So go to Traeger.com, find your wood pellet fire grill of your dreams and get it today. Okay, Mac, it is time for this or that. And this week's this or that, which have been really fun by the way, and you can vote on our Instagrams at Kelly Gramlich, at Eric McLean, and on Twitter as well, Mac puts up at least one of the polls, and um, they've been really fun for us to debate. This week's This or That is going to be Marty Smith inspired. So here's the first one, Eric McLean. You get to choose your assignment to cover. Is it Sunday at the Masters or a college football national championship game? Kelly, you might think that, hey, this guy is a former college student athlete, football player. He played in a national championship, unfortunately lost it. It would probably be really cool for him to do it. But I actually put this question in here to just do the ultimate flex. I've already covered one. I don't need to cover another one. Take me to Masters Sunday each and every day. It would be, I mean, that's just, it's such an amazing event that I just, I would rather do that. But I will tell you, if this question was worded differently, which, you know, I write the question so I can say whatever I want. If that would have said, be the color commentator for the national championship, yeah. then I'd probably choose that. But it doesn't. It just says cover. Already done that. I'm going to the Masters. What about you? That's a good caveat, Mac. That's a very good caveat. This is a tough one. And I hate to be to sound kind of like a spoiled millennial here, but I will. Can I ask a follow-up <laughs> question on this? You can ask a follow-up. Is Tiger involved on Sunday in this situation? Well, I mean, what year is it? Is this this year? No, no, I, I'm just asking. He can barely is walk. He... Is this like future? So if this <laughs> is in the future, say, but... then I know let's Tiger. Say, let's say this is his first Masters back and he's playing on Sunday. Well, that seems kind of unlikely. But um... <laughs> no, you know, it's four years from now, whenever. he, I think he's going to come back. I do think Tiger's going to play again. And I do think he'll play on Sundays at the Masters. So let's say it's this okay. perfect situation. He's playing on Sunday. It's his first Masters back since this horrific injury. Look, that's a tough. If Tiger is truly back, which would be amazing, and is playing, then I'd probably have to go Sunday at the Masters. But I think college football. I think college football and college basketball. Well, college basketball and college football are my two loves. And with how college basketball has gone, with one and dones and stuff, I think college football right now is to me. It's it's my favorite sport. It's the best sport to watch. It's the best sport to cover. It's the best sport to follow. I'm obsessed with it. So. I don't know. I, I think that'd be very difficult to me. But if you're telling me Tiger's walking out there with like a bionic back and two brand new legs or something, and he's going to win the Masters, then I probably have to go with that one. Tiger Woods <laughs> is wearing an Iron Man suit about to just hit a ball from the first hole to the 18th hole in one, and you're going to be there to cover it. So that's a good choice. I'm glad you chose that. All right, next up, this one is... Maybe difficult, maybe not. I, I'm actually not sure where you're going to go with this one, so I'm glad I get to ask the question. Would you rather attend, as a fan, no work-related, you're just having a great time, the Kentucky Derby or the Daytona 500? This is a good question. So as a fan, so here's a little caveat here, Mac. I have attended the Kentucky Derby as a fan. Flex on them. And I would go back 100%. Daytona, to me, that just sounds like I would have to be 
a certain level of intoxicated to actually enjoy it that I don't want to be. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Kentucky Derby because the Derby is awesome. It, you Even if you're not a huge sports person, you have to put that on your bucket list. It was so incredible. And I'm hoping, Mac, that this time at the Derby, I am not in the infield with 100,000 other sweaty people. I am in the very nice seats. Somehow I found my way there and I get to wear a cool fancy hat and do all that. So that's Listen. my hope. You, you say somehow, we have friends in the great state of Kentucky we in do. Louisville. Lou. And Luke Hancock, shout out, just had or just announced that he's having yes. a baby girl. So Super excited. excited. And Eric Wood, who, you know, have not been, a little, I can't even jokingly say a little bit of pool. They have a lot of pool. Yeah. So if you guys are listening to this, we're probably going to intentionally send this to you. Get us an invite. And, you know, I thought that's where you would get, Kelly. Maybe not how I thought you would get there in the <laughs> intoxication levels at Daytona, but... It's where I thought you would end up, and and I'm the same way. I would love to be at the Kentucky Derby. You know, I like to get fly and dress in my suits and things oh, of that yeah. nature. We would have something really over the top for the Derby. So if that happens, I'll be ready, and uh, I'm with you. I'm going to the Kentucky Derby. All right, time for the secret question. We're celebrating Kelly's birthday. We're also celebration celebrating our nation's Independence Day uh, with the 4th. So the 4th of July coming up, I have to ask you a very important question. Mm. Are you a Poppets girl or a Sparklers girl? Oh, great question, Mac. Great question. This um, is going to say a lot about our relationship with what you say. Yeah, right this is a really good one. Sparklers, 100%. Mm, Huge I Sparklers that's what person. you're going to say. And Mac, I even have right now behind me like 200 <laughs> Sparklers that we're going to have for the, for the wedding, for our send-off. So, Wait, yeah. You don't want to have Poppets where people are busting them at no, your ankles? please, no. <laughs> Are you a Poppets person? Big Poppets guy. What? Listen, I grew up in the country. I grew up going to farms and we did our own fireworks show. The best thing was being able to throw Poppets at my brother's bare feet and just see him oh jump around and God. dance, running away from me, popping fireworks on his skin. It was the best. I'm 100% a Poppets guy. And you still do this? Throw Poppets at people? I have not had them in quite some time. We would do it at Clemson. You know, Fireworks are legal in South Carolina, not on Clemson's campus, but we would do our own little fireworks show and I would get some poppets and I wouldn't throw them at guys, but I would definitely have a little fun. Can you imagine if someone actually got injured from a poppet accident? That was from myself and a, Hey, coach Sweeney. um, Thankfully that did not happen. I I threw a poppet at Sean's eye and he can't play. Or Sammy Watkins. I threw one right at Sammy. He can't catch any more. Well, Mac, it's been fun. Um, (laughs) We'll see. Fun knowing you. We'll see you next time, (laughs) guys. That is it for this episode. I've got to get us out here. We can just keep going on and on. (laughs) Richmond Weaver, our producer, is going to have to work very hard in this episode. You guys will never know it because he's so good at his job. But I had a couple of slip ups, and uh, he's going to make us sound really good. But Thankful for Richmond. You can guy, you guys can check out his podcast, Rich Take on Sports. He does a great job, has a multitude of guests. You guys won't want to miss that. But again, that's it for this episode of Gramlick and MacLane, brought to you by our great friends at Traeger Grills. We always appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, or write us a review. But until next time, we'll see y'all. <laughs>